0: Hey guys, this is Paul from the Atypical Rainbow. Just to let you know, this is a content warning. The upcoming episode is going to discuss the topic of death. Nothing graphic, nothing scary, but the topic may be distressing to some of our listeners. If this does cause you any distress, I encourage you to seek out your local medical professional or call Lifeline on 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Atypical Rainbow. I'm Paul. And I'm Grant. And this is another episode in our series, Atypical Philosophy. Uh, Now, it has been a while since our last episode. We're sorry. Things have been a little bit crazy uh, in our lives and, you know, here in Melbourne with all the lockdown. But that's kind of where today's topic is. I think we're in the second lockdown since we last did an (laughs) episode. Oh, wow. There we go. So, today's topic is death. So we recently had a death in the family, which was to some degree expected, to some degree unexpected. And we've both been kind of figuring out how we want to go about handling it. So we thought we'd talk about it in public so that everyone else can hear our thoughts and hopefully learn from us or just laugh at us. Yeah. (laughs) Well, hopefully what we're experiencing is relatable. And I guess, uh, as always, I like to take the autistic perspective on it, which is um, I want to start talking about. Uh, obligations and expectations when it comes to the passing of someone that you know. So um, the the funeral in question happened on a weekday and my immediate reaction was, why was it a weekday? Um, and I, a, a friend of mine pointed out that they rarely ever are on the weekends. So I had to kind of reconcile between, well, you know, do I cancel on work and attend the funeral or do I not? And um, I- invariably I didn't actually. So, if it had been a weekend, you would have gone? I think I would have, yeah. But that's the thing. It's not... This is what I had to try and reconcile within myself. It wasn't that I don't or didn't care about this person. Um, the, the person in question, I wasn't super close to them. Uh, like, we weren't the best of friends by any means, but I liked them. Uh, we spent time together and we enjoyed each other's company. And... Uh, I think, but we hadn't actually spoken for a number of years um, for for various reasons. Uh, and it, it wasn't that we stopped liking each other. It's just we
1: kind of grew apart. Yeah. And I think it, there's a lot of people I haven't seen for a couple of years because of COVID.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I had to kind of figure, well, how how much did I uh, want to be there? I think that if it was someone who I was closer to, I would have had no hesitation about cancelling on work. But because of the sort of distant relationship i had with this particular person i had to think well is cancelling my appointments the right thing to do you know the the wait list to to see me currently is 2 months so if i cancelled this person i'd have to either try to find a way to you know um backload the rest of my week so i was super busy or i just kind of didn't go and i think for me um, I always, I've always found grief to be a very personal experience. I've I've never felt comfortable in funerals. The first one I can remember, which wasn't the first one I'd been to actually was my dad's mm-hmm. when, when he died when I was 14 and that whole experience was a bit of a, a blur, but I just, I, I felt like I felt really exposed and I felt really on show and I hated that. There was, there was one point, um, and you can read the full story in my little short story and you can't, um. No, in growing up Asian in Australia, that's what mm-hmm. it's called. Uh, where I talk about how the videographer, there was a videographer at the funeral, which to me sounds a little bit morbid, but is a, is a very normal thing, um, came out and found me while I was crying. I, I was out in the car, parking lot, sitting on my own, holding a picture of my dad, and I was just like, this was fourteen. I was just absolutely distraught, and this guy just came and videotaped me crying. Like it just it it felt horrible. Thankfully, I had an uncle who just like shoot him away and told him. But I, I don't. I think after that, I just kind of, I felt like grief is something that I just want to do myself, and I want to do it in my own way. And I just, I've never particularly felt comfortable in funerals. Not that I think anyone feels comfortable in funerals, but I think that that I always have to think about how do I want to process my feelings, and does that necessarily need to be in a public forum? And how much am I attending the
1: funeral because I think everyone else thinks I should? Yeah. Which is fair enough. I have to say, I don't come across many videographers at funerals. So I don't know how common it actually is. Well, didn't your grandfather
0: have... There was
1: videotapes of the eulogies. But I I don't think there was anyone being videotaped in the car park. Mm, I think it was just a set camera that just recorded the funeral. Okay. Which is just, you know, literally recording the people who are standing up there in front of everyone talking. I don't think it was like a wedding photographer going around, like, trying to get testimonies out of random people. Yeah, I did think it was a little bit strange. Yeah, it does sound like a strange experience. And yeah, I think the last couple of funerals I've been to haven't been recorded at all. Mm. Yeah, not even... Like, the eulogies weren't even recorded. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think, like, my personal philosophy when it comes to funeral attendance is that everyone should make their own decision. And that you should never judge anyone when it comes to... Whether they attend or do not attend a funeral. Hmm. I do tend to attend funerals of people I was close to. And the reason I do is I find generally funerals are a very good part of the grieving process for me. Especially um, in the lo- like with kids. Sometimes I'm so busy, it's hard to even find the time to grieve. So having a set amount of time where I go and I actually grieve and I actually cry at the funeral is important to get out that pent up emotion for me. Mm. But that's that's just my reason. Like I think everyone has different reasons, um, but I don't think anyone should ever be judged for not attending a funeral. I guess would you judge someone for attending a funeral? Well, Probably not. Well, no, it depends. I mean,
0: admittedly, I'm going to base this off TV and not off real life. But, you know, if you were the mistress...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the mistress and the lot more. I think people are mean to mistresses. I think people are very much like, I hate that woman because... You know, she's the mistress, but they're really forgiving of the guy who's the one cheating. (laughs) I've always felt like it's very unfair on the mistress. Yeah, I I feel like we're deviating or slightly away from the topic of
0: of death and more onto TV soap operas. Yes. Um, I
1: guess if you attended a funeral just to throw yourself into the open grave, there could be some judgment on, you know... But it also depends on the family dynamics as well
0: like if there's been tension within the family if there's been fighting if there's uh I don't know a marriage that people thought was they didn't agree with like I think there is not that to say the judgment is appropriate but I think that it happens and I, that's why for me um, I find that family gatherings are inherently a source of social anxiety because family is one of those things where everyone's like, but you should go, your family, even though you might all hate each other. And like, it's, a, it's not an enjoyable event for anyone, but all of a sudden you're just doing a bunch of stuff because of obligation. With yeah. You know, that's, that doesn't make me feel good
1: at all. And that, that is something that we have tried to, um, avoid, like but purposely tried to avoid going to things just for obligation's sake.
0: Mm.
1: Um the other, the other reason I have personally chosen not to go to a funeral is if I feel like the only reason I'm going is to seem good that I went. Mm. So I have chosen not to go to a funeral if I feel like my only motivation to go is so people will praise me for being awesome for going. Mm. Um, but yes, as I said, I, I do find it, is it, it works a lot for me in my grieving process to go to funerals. Uh, I do also end up talking at a lot of funerals. Mm, you are a good speech giver. Yes. Like, every time I go to a funeral and give a eulogy, about two or three other people go, when I die, can you give a eulogy for me? And now you're getting praise for it. Now you're in a cycle of guilt. Guilt, 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 guilt. No, it's okay. Like, if they want, like, I don't feel... I don't feel that about actually making eulogies about people I care about. Mm. Um, and it's weird, like, you do kind of sometimes feel like you're going to the funeral for the person who's dead, but... They're dead. What do they know? Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to realise that you're there. Unless like, you without going themselves. into some sort of religious... Thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I think even if you were religious, I don't think you oh, that person's just going to be angry in heaven. Like, heaven, heaven's perfect, except they get angry that you didn't turn to their funeral, and it ruins heaven for them.
0: I don't know, though. Like, guilt can extend really far. Like, honestly. Well, actually, I guess you did get brought I grew, Catholic. I am Catholic. Believe me, everything comes with guilt. Yes. So you do the right thing, because someone somewhere out there, whether it be God or a person or an angel or whatever, will judge you. But yes, I think
1: that's a weird version of heaven where it gets ruined by someone not turning up your funeral and you having unending rage at them for not turning up your funeral.
0: Yeah, but I mean, really, a lot of these um, overly moralistic religions are all about how to control your behaviour through any means necessary. So if guilt works, it works. Yeah, that is true. I don't feel that
1: guilt. (laughs) I don't imagine you feel that guilt. No. Well, but not it's okay anymore. if some people feel that guilt.
0: Well, I, I, I used to though, like because again, raised Catholic plus autistic, good combo. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did a lot of things out of obligation. Like how I am now is not how I've always been. I didn't, I wasn't made this way. I came yeah. to this realization, so I attended a lot of events that I absolutely hated, Mm -hmm. but I only went because it was the right thing to do or because it would make me look bad if I didn't attend. And I think, um, I mean, this is a slightly different kind of situation, but, um, one of my old med school, and I'm going to use the term loosely, friends invited me to their wedding or invited us to the wedding actually. And I made up some crappy excuse like, oh no, we're busy that day, sorry. I just didn't want to go. But if you're listening and being
1: didn't go to your wedding, it's someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was excuseful legit. That was completely legit. Yeah, we're when we're your legit wedding day. legit yeah. reason <laughs> was
0: someone else. <laughs> um, I I can't remember where I read it or heard it, um, but this, the, I remember hearing this quote, which is, no is a complete sentence. Yeah. And, like, it's not an original quote. I'm sure it's been around for ages, but someone said it somewhere. I think, you know what? I think it was the Michelle Laurie, um, Buddhism for the Unbelievably Busy. I think she mentioned it in there. Um, but, yeah. And that, that stuck with me. Now, I'm not good at it. I still can't just say no and then end it ended there. I always feel like I have to justify why. Um, but that sentence made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so, in a situation where I actually don't know if I would feel comfortable, um... Yeah, I feel like, at least now, I'm more empowered to say no. Whereas, you know, even in my 20s, I would definitely not have said no. I would have said, okay, cool, and just done
1: it to save face and hated every minute of it. Yeah, I, I can see the difference in you in the last decade. Mm. That you have actually changed. Yeah. Um, like, I think you still worry that you'll be judged. Oh, yeah, like, sure. Like, you were worried about being judged with this funeral. Mm, absolutely. Um, But... It wasn't such a big deal that you were worried that you actually just went to the funeral to avoid and the and possibility. And weirdly, it ended
0: up being working out okay because because I hadn't decided whether I was going to go or told anyone. I wasn't on the list. So even if I'd gone, I would have been stuck outside. In the I wasn't on the list either. Yeah. I had to trade places where someone didn't turn up. Yeah. I had a, a, a bit of an odd funeral experience. So my best friend's dad died a few years ago. And, um, I attended the funeral partly because, you know, I, I, this is, he's been my best friend since we were 12. So I, mm-hmm. I've known his dad, but you know, it wasn't like I was visiting his dad regularly. We weren't the closest, but he was always a really good guy. And I was predominantly there to support my friend. Yeah. Except what I failed to kind of process was that it was going to be me and like 30 other people who were all kind of being there supportive and trying to be nice and all that. So my role was kind of superfluous. So I actually spent most of the time thinking what the hell am I doing here? Like, mm. I've had my sadness. I am sad that it happened. But I'm really here for my friend. But everyone was there for him. And he had to do the host thing. He had to go around, talk to all the family members, see how they're going. and Yeah. And so I'm like, i like, I don't know what's going on. So I ended up uh, hanging out with some of his friends. And they were lovely enough, but they all knew each other and I wasn't really involved. So yeah. I just ended up spending, like, literally standing on the outside of a circle, just kind of watching other people... Socialize. It was really mm. frustrating. But then I was like, but I'm, he- I'm not, that's not the point of being here. I'm not here to socialize. I'm here to be there for my friend. But I wasn't doing that either. So what the hell are they doing there at all? It just became this cycle of frustration. Yeah,
1: it's, it's hard. I think that everyone, like, it's important for people to have support people. Mm. Um, but they probably only need one. Um, and generally, if someone has a partner, their partner could be that support person. Yeah. Like, Um, before I met you, I went to a funeral, my best friend, I basically asked my best friend to come as my support person. Mm. So she, like, she knew my grandfather because we'd been friends for so long and we had previously dated, but in her mind and my mind, she was there as my support person. You know, she, she made sure she brought tissues in case I needed it. Mm. And it was sort of like more like a, you know, a bridesmaid or a best man position. Sure. But I only needed one... Per- like, like, yeah, if I if lots of people come... Or if she came to a funeral now with, that you were also coming to, she would be kind of superfluous. Mm. So if she wanted to come for her own grief, that's fine. But because I have you as my support person when I need it... Like, at this funeral, you asked if I needed you to come as a support person. I said, not really. Like, I... You know, my parents were going to be there. You know, it was kind of, okay the three of us will support each other Mm. because we're more tangentially related because it was my cousin. It's not like when you came to my grandmother's funeral, so it was like my dad had just lost his mum. Yeah. (laughs) And my mum had just lost her mother-in-law of many, many years. Uh, So this was a situation where I didn't really need you as a support person. mm Um, But yeah, I think taking more than one support person does make extra support people superfluous. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore unnecessary. So I can see how you would have got in that situation. Yeah. Uh, because he might have thought you were coming for your own grief, rather than as a support person for him. Or he might not have been thinking about me at all, which is completely yes. reasonable. He <laughs> might have also... Yeah, he might not <laughs> have even thought at all about you. Yeah. Um, And that's fine. Mm. See,
0: I think if I attend a funeral, I'll be honest, I don't think I want anyone there. <laughs> like, I just... Like, I love you, of course, but I don't think I'd want anyone around me because I just I would feel I would feel like I'd have to think about you like thinking, oh am I burdening you are taking you taking out of your time is this exhausting am I like and because I'm half the time I'm not sure what my feelings are yeah. like I might sit there and just feel really numb and you're like well you were here for nothing because the way the way my brain processes these sorts of emotions sometimes is really delayed and
1: it comes out at the end yeah, of yeah time the so. thing is if, if you're a support person I guess if you're not needed that's also fine yeah yeah, so I'd had no problem being your support person, even if you didn't actually need my me as a support person. Yeah, I'm trying to think about was situation, like we'd go to a funeral where I didn't really know the person because I've been to funerals of people I've never met as a support person. All oh, right. Um, so I've I've gone to a funeral of someone I've never met mm. just to be there as a support person for someone who lost their cousin or something. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I guess if someone who I never met but it's important to you, I'd wonder why I had never met them. <laughs> but if you ask that me to come to a funeral, yeah. yeah, at this stage, it would be strange. But say, I don't know, like if one of your relatives in the US passed away and you wanted to go to the US for a funeral, like let's assume COVID is yeah. over.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, if you want to go to a funeral, and because I haven't met them because they're in the US, yeah. um, I'd still probably come with you and be your support person. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think that's unlikely for many reasons. Yes. But I would do it. There
0: might be a situation where I would go to the US because my aunt and uncle, who is my mum's older brother and his wife, really lovely people. I love them. Uh, like, whenever we went to America when I was growing up, we'd often go visit them. And, and just, I, I, ha- I was pretty... I, I got along with my cousins really well. You know, it's not like we make contact now, but that's kind of just what happens, really. But I think if they passed away... Um, and again, no COVID and we we're allowed to travel. I would want to go. Cause I, I remember, uh, I actually went there, tra- went there for Christmas one year, not long after I'd come out to, uh, to my parents. And that was a pretty, pretty horrific experience. And my aunt and uncle were unbelievably supportive, just really generous and loving and, and still forgiving of my mom. They're kind of like, look, she's, you know, from a different time and just give her time to understand, but they were still very on board um, with you know being there for me and I, I just i appreciated that so I think there might actually be a situation where we'd kind of think well do I yeah do you need to come with me to to for for the purposes of being my support person or not again I don't know I don't think I would want anyone there but it doesn't mean i wouldn't lean on you later because you might find it might be like a week after i come back and we'll just be watching tv and suddenly i'll burst into tears because that's how my brain works and that's when you'll be there for
1: me mm. that is true there was that time where we were trying to catch pokemon in a graveyard and you suddenly got really emotional <laughs> yeah and i had to like move the children <laughs> yeah <laughs> very confused yeah. About why you were suddenly sad in the graveyard. Also, it was weird that Pokemon Go <laughs> went through graveyards. Yes, um, that's where I caught a lot of ghost Pokemon. I'm not, But I think that was just Halloween. I just happened to be in a graveyard. Yeah. I think they've actually gotten rid of all the Pokestops at that particular cemetery. Anyway,
0: so the other thing I guess, since we're talking about expressing emotions, is are you aware of how you're behaving at a funeral? And whether other people are judging
1: you for not being sad enough? Yes. Like, I, I did... I think this funeral was interesting because I was wearing a mask. So, there was points where I wasn't even sure people realised who I was. And also, I look a lot like my brothers. Mm. And I, and because I was wearing the mask, I also wasn't wearing my glasses. Though I'm not sure people are used to me wearing the glasses anyway. Mm. Um, So, like, I, I kind of told people randomly who I was because I wasn't sure they knew who I was. Mm. But yeah, I also... I think... The point where I cried at this funeral was maybe later than usual. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember at what point I cried at my nan's funeral, but I know that basically as soon as I saw the coffin at my grandfather's funeral, I started crying. Mm. So that was, like, right at the start. Um, so this time I kind of cried during the photo montage with the music and stuff. Mm. Um, but I didn't cry, like, at the start or during... There was only one eulogy, but, like, during the eulogy. So, like, I think part of me was, like... Do they think I'm, like, am I too stoic? Because I'm just, saying this pair of eyes is not crying. But then I did cry. But then my mum's... But afterwards, my mum's like, you can take the mask off. And I'm like, I don't know what it's going to look like. Because all my snot and (laughs) tears have gone to the mask. (laughs) So, I'm like, I'm not sure I want to take the mask off. Because I'm not sure... I just was worried I think all my facial hair would be full of snot. (laughs) Um, So I guess that's another judgment. But I guess they wouldn't judge me for not being sad enough if I was covered in snot. Indeed, They might just judge me for being disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't have my best friend there to hand me some tissues. So (laughs) Mm. maybe I should have taken it with me. But yeah, I, I did... The thought crossed my mind. But I didn't give it space to really be a problem. Yeah.
0: And I, I think sometimes it's, it's easy to forget that in times like that, most people aren't thinking about you. <laughs> like, they're thinking about themselves and their own grief and... Yeah. Yeah. But I, I still I still do it because, again, autistic mind. I'm like, what is the right way to be at a funeral? What
1: mm. is the right way to grieve? Yeah. And I think the the thing is, there is no right way. So, and that's hard for an autistic mind to sort of come around to. And it's one of those things I think I have learned over time at funerals. mm and I think also doing a lot of eulogies and getting a lot of good feedback on the eulogies, I feel comfortable in a funeral area. So much to the point where, you know, I have considered multiple times working as a funeral, as a funeral director. Yeah, which I think you could you could definitely do a good job of. Yeah, and like even my aunt has said that she can talk to me about the fact that she's going to die, where she can't talk to her kids because they're like, no, no, don't talk about it. And sometimes people just need to talk about end-of-life stuff, even if they're not sick. Yeah. Like, a benefit is that I am comfortable to have respectful relationships around death and end-of-life with people.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, so I I feel like that is a strength I have. So I try to make the most use of that at the moment, you know, on a voluntary basis to help the people around me. (laughs) Mm. But also I thought, you know, it is something I might be able to turn into a career, possibly. <laughs> hmm. But there's so many things I've thought about turning into careers. Indeed.
0: Yes. Um, I think what was particularly uh, interesting about your cousin's funeral is that... Um, so so uh, I, I, I I sort of spent time with them outside of just meeting them through you. And, um, you know, they, they were always supportive and amazing and lovely, but COVID, unfortunately, brought out a side of them that I... In principle, I'm kind of averse to, which is the sort of anti-vaxxer, anti-masker kind of movement. Now, they had the, their own motivations; they had their own reasons for being that way. But it it, it certainly made me kind of uncomfortable. And I, I and it's kind of sometimes I think, like I I do I do miss them. And I, I do I do kind of have good memories about them. But I don't know whether sort of because it had been a while since we'd actually spoken. I don't know whether their recent foray into this sort of uh, protest field kind of ruins how I feel about them and it would have made me feel very uncomfortable at the funeral. I, could be, I wouldn't know how
1: to feel, really. Yeah, I think it can be a bit difficult like with that sort of thing because I think the problem was it was kind of a combination of the fact that we weren't seeing them in person in a nice situation. Mm. <laughs> All we were seeing was social media posts that were basically, like, the worst thing for people to post on social media from your point of view. Yes. Like, something that you have struggled with on so many levels, Mm. the anti-vax thing, even before COVID. Yeah. um, Both just, you know, people not... In your opinion, not looking after their children. Actually, I'm just going to say, people not looking after their children. Yeah. (laughs) But also, as an autistic person and a parent of autistic kids... The entire, you know, conspiracy theory that has no basis around the fact that you and them would be autistic because you got vaccinated and because you vaccinated your children. Like, it's something like you did to them. Mm. Like, it's just such a sore spot. Like, it, nothing, like, you know, there's really nothing that they could poke you with that would be more painful than that. Yeah. Um, and being, yeah, so being exposed only to that side of them. For this, you know, last couple of years. It's difficult. It's difficult for me. And yeah, I know you have even stronger feelings about these things than I do.
0: Yeah. But it, it's hard because, again, I don't I don't think of them... I didn't think of them as a bad person. Like, I, well, I... Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Because I I knew who they were. I knew who they were in other aspects. And I think in, in, a, in a really bizarre, almost a little bit too flippant kind of way, it makes me think of the... Um, uh, the book Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari, talking about the idea how online dating has really uh, ruined our experience with relationships because what we what we do is we we take these sort of key facts, looking for the perfect person. Whereas what would have happened before is that we would have gotten to know the person as a whole, and so you know you can be more forgiving of someone someone's flaws or faults when you know them or when you have when you have built. Uh, an affection for them outside of those particular flaws, you know? And I think that's where the struggle is with this, with your cousin, because they were good, they were good people. Like, they mm. were kind, and they were open, and they were loving, and then this kind of came along, and I'm like, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know how, how it kind of
1: gets to me, you know? Mm. I, d- I definitely get that. And yeah, it, it was probably the funeral that had the least positive effect on me of funerals. Mm. Like normally funerals give me a bit of closure. Mm. Whereas this one, I didn't feel like I I got to grieve and take that time to just focus only on my grief. Yeah. Not on, you know, what's happening with the kids. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it didn't give me a sort of this positive closure like other funerals have and maybe also it's because most of the other funerals i've been to are people i know are people like of my like my grandparents so in a way i found out all this cool stuff about what they did when they were young mm. <laughs> cuz to me i'd only met them when they were like old yeah know, 60 whereas with a cousin even though she was older than me i'd been around for a lot of the stuff like, you know, I remember when she had her child. Yeah. So there was less of that finding out, you know, cool things. Like I found out my great-grandmother at her funeral, I found out she'd made a dress for the Queen at the time, which I think was Elizabeth the First's mother. Mm. And no one ever told me that. Mm. <laughs> so going to the funeral helped me because I learned... More about what an amazing life my great grandmother had, and she died when she was ninety six, so she'd had a very full life. Hmm. So I guess going to a funeral of a fifty year old who's passed away from cancer is very different from a ninety six year old who's passed away. Yeah, anyway, but you think that would have had a different impact on you because she was so well young, really? I mean, well, I'm saying that maybe the tragedy of it hmm. was already gonna not give me as much closure like the, just the unfair tragedy of cancer Mm. was already going to have some of that effect. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like what you're talking about with the online dating thing, where you kind of, you used to get to know people and then sort of have more context of how much you felt, how much you liked them before something bad came up than the online dating where you just kind of go, okay, look at the profile. Here's all my non-negotiables. Go away. I'm not going to even look at you. Mm. I think the idea of having someone who you have already liked start expressing views that if you met them at the point where they're expressing the views, you wouldn't have given them the time of day is a really weird experience. Yeah. It's kind of what do you do when you've already decided that someone is your friend and supportive and whatever. And then they do something that a stranger you would dismiss for doing as someone you didn't have really have much to say to. It becomes, it becomes harder because you've, if you've built the connection,
0: you don't necessarily, It feels like you're giving up on that part of them. You're really giving up on the history that you had and you're letting go of all that. Mm. Even if that's not the person they are now, it still feels like a loss but it's it's almost like it's like a potential loss. It's this idea that maybe they'll be that person again. And I think that's that's a hard thing to reconcile.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe because there's been a few people who covid has affected the mental health of. Mm. Um and I guess the other ones I have the hope that they'll come around, but to have someone die before all the covid thing ended which means the possibility of coming around to a position where we can have an understanding on the covid lockdowns and stuff yeah. in hindsight you I mean yeah it's kind of like that potential improvement of the relationship has just disappeared yeah,
0: and I think you could, you could apply that argument to any sort of tense uh, relationship with someone who's died. You know, yeah. again, the idea of regret and not reconciling, and I oh, wish I said this, or I oh, wish we weren't fighting, all that kind of stuff. I mean, death really brings that out in people. You, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to forgive someone when they're about to die or they're dead than it is while they're alive. It's. It, It feels weirdly frivolous to just kind of let go of something that you felt so hurt about, um, whether it be about a disagreement on politics or about a family argument or whatever, but then death kind of just puts everything in a different perspective. And I think that's hard to kind of figure out. And it's
1: sad that it takes death in order to figure that out. Yeah. And it like, it made me think of, so that like my uncle and my nan had been estranged for a long time, um, when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, And they kind of, what reconciled them was her having a stroke. Mm. But then she lived for another decade after having the stroke. So they spend a lot of time reconciled. Mm. Whereas if she had had the stroke and died, then they wouldn't have had that chance to reconcile. Yeah. The motivation of her being sick would have been actually her dying. And it would have been too late. Mm. So, yeah, I, I feel like... If, yeah, if someone has, like, a serious medical condition, but they survived it, then you might just go, "What? Well, like, our fight doesn't matter anymore. But if they have a serious medical condition and die, you're like, oh, wait. I've just been estranged for them for 20 years or something. Mm. And now I can never go back. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is something I did compare the situations Mm. the one turned out much better so we've actually
0: got more to say on the topic but we're gonna split this up into a bit of a two-parter so thanks for listening be sure to follow us uh at the atypical rainbow on instagram and facebook for news articles and reminders about new episodes um and be sure to check out our next episode which will be death part two thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time